0: Take me out and we'll care about nothing real, nothing real, real at all Pick me up and we'll make shit up as we go, as we
1: go, go away
0: You are now listening to Enter VR. I'm Chris Miranda, your host, and today I'm speaking with Erica Barraza. Yes, Erica is uh, a VR content creator, and evangelist for the VR industry, and Singularity University's senior manager of Impact Partnerships. Um, Erica, thank you so much for joining me on the show.
2: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: You are now. Uh, inside of enter vr perhaps virtual reality's best kept secret Ooh. um i uh, if people who are listening to this podcast if you're listening to this podcast right now it's most likely because i didn't want you to but now that you're here welcome you're home and so you too erica thank you so much for coming i'm so excited um, it's
2: always great jumping into the fire and not knowing what you're getting yourself into. Oh my
0: god, it? oh my god, this fire is hot. Uh, there's so much to talk about, so yeah, much to is. talk about. Um, how uncomfortable do you want to get today?
2: You know what? I'm actually quite comfortable in the uncomfortable spaces.
0: Ah, oh, right, so we can jump right into the election.
2: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> what the fuck is going on, Erica? Help Dude. me understand.
2: Uh, <laughs> You know what's hilarious is no one knew what the fuck was going on. Um, and then the day after, or two days after, suddenly everyone had a, a rationale. Everyone knew, like, oh, yeah, so this is exactly why uh, Clinton lost. Oh, we saw this coming. What, you assholes? If you saw this coming, or if you had all the analysis done 24 hours afterward, couldn't a little of that energy have been tackled toward maybe informing us beforehand?
0: Yeah. I I want to confess that I take personal responsibility uh, for having Donald Trump getting elected. What did you do? Because I spent the last four years of my life uh, inside my apartment masturbating. <laughs> Whereas, I could have done something. I could have done something. And now here I you am. You could
2: have been a contender.
0: <laughs> I could have. You know, here's the thing. I, I grew content with um, Obama, for example, having control of the world's most Powerful surveillance apparatus humanity's ever seen. I grew content because you know what? The guy seemed sensible, but now (laughs) He's passing the torch of that Surveillance apparatus to a monster and
2: you know it's hilarious. It's just how easily people fall in love with their bars. Yeah You know like Obama's a great president and these memes that have come out the last week are fucking hilarious but I, honestly, like, and no one should ever grow comfortable with any leader mm-hmm. or with any form of government yeah. or with any kind of anything. Question everything, even the people you like.
1: Yeah. I
0: um, yeah I fucked up yeah I spent too much time masturbating so I learned that lesson the <laughs> next eight years are going to be complete and total um, so, so just
2: you're about to enter a dry spell is what you're saying
0: yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> basically that is what's going to happen it's gonna it keeps me motivated that's what happens it keeps me motivated motivated but it's um it is interesting times we're walking into isn't it mm. um and I don't know how much of an impact um, virtual reality will make. In the lives of us going forward from here, like do you do you see VR being more important now than it was before, or do you see it less important considering all the other shit that is, you know, impending? You know, winter is coming, so to speak.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like as long as like a creative winter isn't coming, you know. And I think the one thing that I'm most excited about with VR is right now everything is in the definition stages, right? No one knows what the hell really to do with it? Everyone knows that you need more content, you need more quality stuff, you need all these things. And what I'm really hoping is that with the amount of activism that I've seen come to life uh, in terms of not just protesting Trump as president, but, uh, you know, it's trying to preserve a certain status of life, right? Trying to preserve our national parks and Planned Parenthood and all, all kinds of things in our, you know, our environment, you know, whatever. Um, what I'm hoping to see also is that there's this drive toward creative activism as well. And I think that that is a huge opportunity for VR because what we've seen like with the Arab Spring and any kind of oppressed uh, regions is that if you don't allow people to express themselves in some way, everything just kind of bubbles up and that's when you get a lot of violence. Mm -hmm. And people all over the world um, and hopefully not, you know, not the United States is going to fall into that, although we're at risk now that we've got the likes of Trump as our president-elect. So I can barely get those words out. Um, you know, I hope that we don't become this silent majority of people who feel like they can't express themselves. So I really hope that the future of VR is kind of paved um, With the creative likes of immersive storytelling, right? Having people speak out their voices in a number of different ways. Maybe that is with three sixty photography and videography because it is the easiest accessible medium for people to try and experiment in VR. Now. I don't think that the future of VR is in cinematic. 360, but I do think it is that gateway to having people better understand how you can take in that perspective, right? Even when you're designing in Unity, you have the camera view, right? And the camera view is just the human being that you're placing inside the headset. And the camera, I think, is the easiest way. And for the longest time, cameras and photographies and and, uh, and video have been the... The voice of the people when they can't speak out, right? Like mm-hmm. the, there's so many iconic moments in photography that have been game changers
1: yeah.
2: in what uh, you know what kind of social and political movements are being brought about. Um, I'm really hoping that this is the moment where we can really implement 360 photography and videography to empower the people and get them experimenting in this new medium as we begin to define it out.
0: We um, we are going to go deep into this rabbit hole um, because I think there is so many angles that we can tackle this from and you know my question to you, uh, one of the many questions I have for you is like you know it clearly cre- clearly now we have tools that we haven't had before to educate, inspire, motivate um, and, and pretty much plant seeds into the minds of people but how do we make the messages that we create with these tools not be messages that only get tossed around within a, a, a bubble. You know, ah. how do we break out of the the bubble? How do we get at the messages of you know, like humanity should have a universal goal, mm-hmm. and and maybe that maybe maybe I'm crazy, but maybe we should try to have the goal of perhaps extending the chance of the human species to be on planet earth for as long as we can maybe just that just that maybe we can agree on that maybe just a little
2: well i think that's whole like i think i think that plan is actually probably tossed out the window by now right we'll becoming interplanetary species and, and yeah. call for elon to lead the way
0: or to exist for humanity to as a species to exist for as long as we can on this universe i mean right. it's just period like how do we get the it's in a universal message across ideological lines. How do we get, you know, how do we bridge that divide? Because this country uh, seems to be more divided than ever.
2: Yeah. I You know, I want to push on that though, because
1: mm-hmm.
2: I think this country is probably more apathetic than ever, maybe more apathetic than divided. I mean, like, if you look at, oh God, I don't remember all the exact percentages, mm-hmm. right? But if Clinton did in fact win the popular vote and Trump won with 49%, but we only had something like 46% voter turnout of our entire voting population. Mm-hmm. That gives you what less than 25% that actually voted for Trump.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that,
2: I, yeah. I mean, we're divided, but I think it's more apathy. I, the, the number. Of, I mean, how many people voted for Harambe? So, so I. <laughs> I don't. I, I wish I had that number right now.
0: Right? Oh like, man, I should. I should have voted for Harambe in retrospect. <laughs> I, so if you it did was, your part, I did my part. And, you know, I <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I sub, uh, When I voted, and I'm, I'm. I'll make this public. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I voted for the Hillbot because mm-hmm. I was scared of Trump. Yes. I voted in fear one fear one in my mind mm-hmm. like I, I was sh- sh- scared shitless because of what this man has been saying about nuclear weapons you
2: voted for what you didn't want
0: yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know and democracy shouldn't be about that mm-hmm. never should be about that and also democracy shouldn't be about or, or, or in theory in theory right well a democracy should be about a person going up on, on a soapbox and saying what they're going to do. Mm. But this man went up on a soapbox and said all sorts of shit. <laughs> and, and now, and and he played the game, you know, yeah. so well. Holy crap. And, and and what happened was in my mind it just seems like the system wasn't designed for something like that you mm-hmm. know for someone cuz let me give you the example let me what he what he what he did he would say the most outrageous shit let's build a wall let's get nuclear weapons yeah. sort of to bargain that's his deal he's putting he's putting the bargaining chip way way on the other extreme so that when we come over to negotiate we're starting really far far off sort of the center already yeah it's a negotiating tactic but it's disgusting because he's used it in an election in a system that I don't think was prepared for something like this yeah Um, but going back to VR I think um, you know what do you think is going to happen with censorship going forward do you think that we're going to be more censored less censored
2: I think I think we're gonna be more monitored Right, like I mean, to some extent, I think everyone already knows that if you agree to be connected in any digital format, you're 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 pretty much writing off your your own privacy, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's privacy is just a a fallacy. It's a fantasy that we live in that that people put us into to make us feel secure. It's not true, right? Um, And so I think we're we're already being monitored, and I think we're going to be monitored a whole heck of a lot more. So I don't know if it's so much about them censoring us versus how willing are we going to be to allow ourselves to censor ourselves out of that fear,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: right? That's my bigger concern. I don't think Trump or anybody else in that administration is going to do anything to overtly keep the people quiet or shut anything down. I don't think they have any energy or desire to put in that direction. I think they're going to keep moving forward with whatever it is they have planned. I think it's going to be more about uh, something related to fear. How, you know, how 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 fearful are we going to become?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: that's that's exactly what I, I don't want to see happen. Right. I think I think with any kind of creative medium, uh, especially a medium that others don't understand,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that is uh, a huge driving force. I think for for making sure that we we don't censor ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, you know, I, I struggle with this because I think, um, you know, what do you see? How, how are you seeing yourself like differently nowadays? Or, or do you see yourself like a a little bit more differently? Let me t- let me give you an example.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I th- I think I took it too hard, a little bit too hard, when this guy said that there were some bad hombres out there. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm the biggest. So, so it was, and, and, what did you
2: interpret to be a bad hombre?
0: Just, you know, it, it bad. Well, so I speak Spanish. Yeah. So that immediately, you know, in my brain, that like, I already know what that means. Like that. And, and he's not talking to white people, I don't mm-hmm. think, right? He's He was talking to Latinos. I, and it, I just seemed to me like I, all of a sudden, you know what I used to be apathetic about, all of a sudden is hitting home. Mm. Um, you know when um, <clears throat> when, they were, uh, when he was throwing you know when he was throwing shit at Muslims or you know when he was attacking women. I think I think apathy got the best of me. Yeah. And then it got to and then he went to me. Mm. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit! I don't know how to react to this. Yeah. And it, and it seems to me like I've been living in this bubble way and this. San Francisco bubble has been more, way, way more thick than I had anticipated. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, uh, all sorts of thoughts are running through through my mind and all I'm thinking right now is like, how do we uh, defend ourselves and defend the things that we value for the next four years?
2: You know, that's, that's, you know, it's it's an interesting point um, because, so for me immediately after the election, like the day after, I was so like, I was so determined for like the first hour I was awake, I was like, no. I'm not gonna let this get to me. I got up, I went for a run, I had like the most productive morning, and then somewhere I lost it and then just kind of like fell back asleep. I took a nap at like 10 in the morning. I was like, no, dear God, why? (laughs) Um, But then I came back, I rallied. Um, But ever since, you know, day two, let's just say, from day two on, I actually feel a lot more patriotic. It's the damnedest thing because for the longest time, you know, for me, I travel a lot for work. I go to other countries. I help train and educate people on how to, you know, really leverage all this exponential technology to to solve the big challenges. And I love that work. And I have always wanted to live abroad, at least for a period of time, right? I think it's something someone, everyone should experience. Mm -hmm. But since the election results came out, I felt more driven to stay put and do my part here and help people here, right? Like I became hyper aware of the eco chamber in my bubble in Facebook, right? The fact that like by day two, I realized it was actually like few hours into day one, but by day two, I had that personal realization of like, I really don't have anyone in my Facebook newsfeed that is happy about this. That is a problem,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: It's a problem that I don't have the perspective of, of you know, of, of, a, of a huge part of this population, right? And and I know there were a lot of people throughout the election and the campaign that said, if you're a Trump supporter, I'm unfriending you. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to do that, right? And, like, I think we shot ourselves in the foot with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're struggling to understand each other, and we're struggling to understand everything around us because we refused to accept someone else's perspective, Mm-hmm. right and if you look at like the perspective that we're looking at now Trump is really just the mouthpiece of all those silenced voices in rural America right in in poor white communities in, in Ohio in the Rust Belt in Philadelphia even in you know all these places that you know flyover states I mean come on how how, like, how much of a slap in the face can you give someone to say your state isn't even worth anything except flying over Right, Uh, these are perspectives that we've all intentionally walked away from, and they're making their voice heard now with the loudest mouthpiece they could find. And god, what a disgusting mouthpiece it is! But it's effective, and on some level, right, like it achieved exactly what they wanted because now they feel represented. Mm-hmm. and i feel that that is the kind of reality and that is the kind of perspectives that like we can't shy away from right like i think you know going back to like virtual reality like there are going to be some things that people produce there are going to be perspectives that you're not going to like there's going to be like some really nasty shit that goes out there and you have to take it all in
1: mm-hmm.
2: right i'm not saying traumatize yourself for the sake of trying to understand but you have to be open to the possibility that like someone's reality might be really disturbing to you and if that's the case, what are you gonna do about it? you're gonna turn your back on someone who's got a really tough reality that you can't face like if you can't look poverty in the eyes and how do you call yourself an activist?
0: I can't I can't look poverty in the eye I'll tell you right now i'm a I'm a coward when I when I look at power for poverty because I've lived it I want to so, one thing, one thing I, 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 I say a lot is like it's it's sort of easy to look at something and sort of prescribe a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think most people can do that. But I think it takes us special kinds of gonads to be able to, pr- you know, throw a solution out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I have a solution. I think I, right. I think I got it all figured out, and it took me it took me a couple hours, but I, I figured
2: <laughs> <laughs> all of a couple hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually it yeah. usually takes me lo- way way less than that. Okay. Um, but here's here's the idea. I think that we need to. Um, start looking at things like automation way more seriously.
1: Mm.
0: I think we need to start looking at things like uh, climate change way more more seriously, right? Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I think that both our republic and that capitalist system that runs it is not prepared for these, for these things. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing, I propose we use virtual reality mm-hmm. to uh, as a petri dish to experiment with uh, multiple political systems
1: yeah.
0: um, and so in VR what we can do is we can sort of accelerate time
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and see and see how these systems develop. I think you know m- maybe what we could do is we can get like you know a hundred participants and then put them all in like a like a, an environment and each environment has a set a set of rules you know and yeah. each person has an avatar and that, that avatar has a different color of their skin mm-hmm. so you might show up uh, as a white woman in this yeah. uh, new reality experiment and you show up and uh, maybe you do it like every every weekend you show up for three hours and you sort of have to go through you know the rules of that society and, yeah. and I, it might be more of an experiment on you know the behavior of people within mm-hmm. a, a, a certain set of rules but I'm just th- trying to throw anything out there because I you know these things are real yeah. you know you know you, I think there's that the problem with um, again, again prescribing I think one of the problems with the media and politicians is that they are really good at pointing out really um, fake men
1: mm-hmm.
0: when there are real ones out there <laughs> <laughs> you know like I, I, how many has it more people die from c- coconuts falling on their heads than from terrorist attack a- every year oh man um, not to say that there isn't a real threat of extremists and assholes that yeah. should be dealt with but like but there's automation on the way and that's gonna wipe out uh, every pretty much any Sort of sense of what reality used to be like past this point. I mean, yeah. it's just self self driving cars are well, gonna take over.
2: And I think, but I think we have to we have to be careful though on how much we're relying on that automation, right? Because didn't Hillary's team rely on a particular AI to really? Yeah, what? I was I was trying to look it up, um, but they were they were relying on an AI to to look at the polls, to take a to to take a kind of a temperature test of what they thought um You know how she was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this is yeah. So so the, there was there was a number of them that were that were developed. There, there was one that they were using that was developed in Mumbai. Oh. Um there was another one that. Uh, yeah, there, there there. Gosh, I don't remember the name of it. But anyway, like the, so it always showed Clinton leading in the polls and it was looking at. Who the heck knows what data points and what data sets? But the Clinton team felt like they were doing Ok because they were relying on this AI system to, to track and measure and meter the polls and and make faster predictions
1: Mm. for her
2: team to follow you know so it's like a little too much reliance on that puts you in a dangerous spot like i don't know if you know like with the self-driving cars for example like you had more uh negative reactions to people sitting in the cars when there was a steering wheel still in the car Hmm. because people were uh, they had this cognitive dissonance where they would look at they knew that the car was driving they knew it was being operated by the AI and they trusted that up until the point when they felt like oh my god we have to take over and because the steering wheel was there they thought they still you know, had some level of control hmm. they were they, they were uh, I don't know like they, they had more negative reactions to sitting in the car as opposed to when you took the steering wheel out and all of a sudden, like you, you can sit inside of the car and you just trust. Okay, like now, we now everyone was completely calm, and they're just gonna let it do its thing, and it's fine. And like, where do you draw the line between being completely freaked out with this with this feeling of control, and t- way too calm, because you know you have no control?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like how, like how do you balance the trust there, right? Yeah. Mm.
0: But it seems like to me. Um Both campaigns used technology, perhaps differently, I mean, Hillary people used the AI to predict how they're doing, but, you know, Trump people were using Twitter bots to Mm. spam and spread fake news and misinformation and propaganda.
2: Well, and what was it? It was those kids... um I don't remember what country they were from with the kids who were producing from Macedonia Is that yeah, the kids? yeah yeah, the kids in Macedonia and they were producing all of those fake news articles yep. that they knew would go viral Yep. Um, you know and, and really all they were trying to do was scam Google AdSense into thousands of dollars of advertising money and they got it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they had a really like adverse effect on the election because people just trusted whatever was in the news feed they trusted whatever was being put in front of them they're like oh yeah Sure. Yeah. You know, and you see that a lot with like different blogging blog sites and whatnot, like taking user-generated content from Reddit and from Quora and from all these other places. That it's really difficult to verify what you know where the information is coming from. Nothing sourced, nothing cited. But people are just in this mad dash to crunch out as much content as possible, and they throw it up there. And I think at some point people forgot to demand that the information is accurate Mm -hmm. or real. Mm -hmm. Biz want more things to click, to to read, to fill the day.
0: Is this... I mean let me let me see if I can draw so this parallel of social media maybe 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 may, or maybe not we um, I'm wondering whether we can draw it over to the, the process or the progress of VR yeah. because you see social media started out with sort of um, you know the democratization the of individuals' voices mm-hmm. and uh, allowing people to um, sort of you know let others know what what the fuck is going on and, and help them organize and and it's sort of over the years moved into this point where now you have people using bots to mm-hmm. spam and um, and so it's it's very different from what it's where it started and I wonder where whether VR will start off with really good intentions mm-hmm. with people who, whom at the, at the very beginning are doing really good stuff but I guess yeah. later on it becomes more of a because here's the thing um where, with social media, these people are controlling pe- other people's reality. Yeah. The um, virtual reality is a more is a tool of uh, uh, is a is. Virtual reality is hard to escape, basically, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's easier to shape people's reality with it, you know? And so yeah. I'm wondering if, if we're going to end up in that same progression.
2: I, I feel, okay, because so, you asked earlier about how do we avoid falling into our own echo chambers, mm-hmm. right? How do we get more perspectives in there? And I think that, that you're never really going to be able to control what people use any kind of medium for. But I think the challenge is more in making sure that we don't end up like a Roomba in the corner, unable to get itself out. Because I feel like that's what's happening inside of, you know, inside of Facebook at least, right? Like I have my, my the, the things that I click on the most, right? The algorithm's learning and it's feeding me exactly what I want. And it's building a little igloo around me. And that's all I'm getting. And I love it. And I don't. I, I don't get upset about it because these are all the things I want to see. Right? But like I feel like we need our own chaos monkeys in life that are just gonna like come around and shake everything up so that you remember that like you're not you're not in a real place.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And maybe that's even more important for VR, right? Like every once in a while you need something to come in and totally like fuck up your shit so that you remember like oh I was really comfortable. Right, and, and I think there's there's a lot of parallels to that with like in life in general, right? When like all of a sudden everything's going well in life, and you think you're doing really great, and then all of a sudden, boom, the universe hits, and you're like, "Fuck! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was doing so well. What happened? Everything's horrible now, right? Like all these things go wrong all at once. Maybe we need that kind of replication in VR as well, right? Like if we have it in our actual reality. Can we recreate that experience in virtual reality? There's a reason that these kinds of things are probably like either following these natural rhythms of energy that we live in, and maybe that's the way to escape those echo chambers.
0: Yeah, I'm very uncomfortable with the um, with how comfortable people are currently about uh, the current rise of white nationalism. Yeah, Um, like. uh, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and you know, yeah. You know, let's just we just gotta we just gotta call it for what it is. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's scary. Yeah. It's terrifying. And at the same time, I was struggling with this because here's the thing about me. I um I'm a little weird. I'm, yeah. I'm just a little weird. I, I I don't. I have a I you know I get this cringe knee jerk reaction when people say something like brown power. Ugh. They, I, I get this knee-jerk reaction when, when people wave, like, uh, flags of different countries, or just flags in general,
1: because
0: mm-hmm. um, that tells me something about that person, you know, um, that they believe something about this piece of cloth that I don't, um, and so when someone says, um, you know, and so, and so, and, so, and here's, the, here's the thing, we should be able to do and say whatever the fuck we want, that's, that's why this country is so great, mm-hmm. but, at what point do we allow? Because if if someone can say brown power,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I you know who are who are they? Who am I to say that someone else can't say white power? Right. And so, but what I'm what I'm asking is is like where where are the limits? Like where do we where do we draw lines of like okay this it, maybe you're getting out of hand you know? Yeah. A, and how does this? Uh, Man, it's, I... I yeah, it's I rough, because I don't even I know.
2: Don't know. <laughs> I, you know, okay, so like, here's here's my problem. Uh, I share a similar, I think, hesitation between all of this as you do. I mean, I was, I was born here in the United States. I was born here in San Francisco. But my family, my whole family, comes from El Salvador.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So my heritage, I'm brown. I'm a brown latina woman genetically speaking however i've never known any life or any other perspective other than being an american Mm -hmm. right and whatever the hell that means to anybody else right i mean that's all up for debate But I would never feel comfortable standing up and, like, you know, like, I I see a lot of, like, Salvadoranos who have the the flag on their rearview mirror, Mm -hmm. right, or just plastered across the rear window of their cars, right, like, I couldn't do that. Like, I barely, like, I barely enjoy, like... You know, walking around with, with like taking too seriously the American flag itself, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's all faith based systems that like you're believing in a system. And I, I don't feel comfortable getting like behind any one thing because at any given point, there's so many things that you probably disagree with that you just don't even know. And like, if you're going to blindly throw yourself into a system and say, I believe in this, then great, then what you're doing is you're just forfeiting your independent thought. Yeah. Um, but I you know, in these last few days since the you know, leading up to the election, but mainly after, I have actually felt really nervous for the first time. Like there was a, a video that was recorded uh, on the bar train here with a woman who just went on this racist rant because a young woman was speaking in a Middle Eastern tongue. It was in like an ancient tongue. I don't know what it was. It was not Arabic. But, you know, she was speaking and this woman just went off on her. And I was thinking, you know, what if I was speaking Spanish to my grandmother, my grandmother, on the bar train? You know, like, would I, like, would someone turn around and yell at me? Mm-hmm. It's like I have nowhere else to go. Like, we saw this with Brexit also. Like, people were telling people, like, go back to your home, go back to your country. I'm like I was born in East London. What the fuck? You know, like it's the same thing here. Like if someone would told me like, oh you're gonna get deported, you're gonna oh, well fuck you, I'm from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. more native here than most people who've lived here for four years and call themselves natives.
0: Not only that, there weren't white people here 500 years ago.
2: Right, exactly. And it's like who like do we really want to go down that rabbit hole? Yeah, you no, know, we like, don't. Exactly. We exactly Oh my god. So, no, I don't know what that I don't know what to do about that, right? Like this this concept of nationalism, this concept of separating ourselves among different colors, among different belief systems, among, like, any kind of, like, subsect. Like, these are... Okay, I don't know how this is gonna sound, but like all these things, they're fucking hobbies, right? Like all they are are they're things that entertain our mind. They make us feel good. They you know they give us something to, to kind of stand behind, and, and they give us like you know a way to find our peers, right? Like oh, you're a Latina person and I'm a Latina person. Great, we'll form a co-working space only for Latino persons mm-hmm. because we understand each other. I'm like well, but do we? Like we all still have like a completely different perspective on life. But that's cool if it's going to get me a discount on something. Like, you know, but why? Why do we need to separate ourselves out? Like, I know people have different experiences because of their skin color, because of their faith. But... I guess, and I'm not saying that no one is experiencing something different. I'm just saying, like, are we continuing to perpetuate those differences by continuing to segregate ourselves?
0: Yeah. Here's the alternative. Or maybe I think it's time to share how how the fuck I ended up in this country. Please. My grandfather um, was doused with gasoline Uh and set on fire and thrown off a cliff in Nicaragua. And my grandmother realized that, holy shit, I need to get the fuck out of here because my grandfather was helping Ronald Reagan start a civil war in Nicaragua. Oh,
1: Lord.
0: that's that's how I ended up here. Uh, my grandma applied for asylum she got it um, and then later on I came over and became a citizen um, when I was seven. but um, but here's but here's the thing it's yeah. like it, it, and when and what I realized and you know ha- having lived and seen and witnessed this history is that human beings, no matter what country, you're from. Mm-hmm. You're gonna suffer from the same impulses. Yeah. Just because. Just because. Um, just because genocide happened only in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. You know. Doesn't mean it can't happen anywhere else. Right. Um, and so what I'm saying is, and here's the thing. This is the shit that gets you assassinated, because what we're doing right now, focusing on all this race, is. Honestly, detracting from the real issue, yeah. which got Martin Luther King assassinated, which will probably get me drone strike, which was, which is basically, um, it's a poor versus rich issue. Yeah. The rich are fucking all, all up, and here we are talking about race, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter because we're all in the same boat getting fucked. By, by the wealthy. I mean, and, and and you see it, and you see it in in Trump's nominees for cabinet. You yeah. see it in the fact that they're going to destroy uh, Elizabeth Warren's legacy with the Consumer Protection Bureau. Yeah. Um, and it's blatant.
2: It really makes you wish the Occupy movement had like an actual call to action people could have like followed through on. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel right. like that was our big missed opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's what, yeah. It, yeah. It, it would really, but but again, here's what happens. You know, you have uh, agent provocateurs, you have, you know, uh, people who go, who go in there and infiltrate these organizations and, you know, tear it to shreds from the inside out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I think that uh, the best thing that you and I can do, is start working on restarting civilization on Mars.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I'm it, up for that. Okay, good,
0: good. I have someone on board. Good, because <laughs> this is. I mean, because you know, I I, 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 really is what it's all about. You know, I, it, and I could probably won't be able to turn away. You know, the six or ten percent of people who are literally, honestly, just voting on bigotry. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of the rest of Trump supporters might as well been Bernie supporters. If you see, if you saw the subreddits, yeah, like yeah, yeah. no, I Trump, was
2: in both subreddits.
0: They were they, they were basically the same people. Yeah, you know, except for minus, yeah, and six yeah. percent, or something.
2: Plus or minus trolls. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so and so and, and he was speaking to that the fact that these bankers these assholes um, and these po- puppet politicians are are doing the same thing, uh, no matter who you're voting in. I mean, from from the Hillary for Hil- Hillary for sure, you know was a Goldman Sachs banker puppet.
2: She's but, probably the most Republican candidate on the ticket. Yeah,
0: but at least, but at least, she. I mean, but at least we had the illusion of um, stability. Right. With this guy, you just just don't know.
2: So, okay. But here, okay. Okay. Here's a controversial perspective on it. Uh, The number of global leaders that are in this, like, far-right kind of mentality.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
2: The... uh, is it possible that maybe they all just kind of cancel each other out like we have never had so many leaders that are so far in one similar direction
1: Mm -hmm.
2: now my big fear with that statement though is that yes it could potentially lead to massive genocides all over the world or it could lead to a really funky weird ass piece in our time where they all kind of agree on everything I don't think that they're agreeing on things the way I would agree on things, right? Like, I love our air. I, lo- I would love to be able to breathe and raise children that could, you know, breathe fresh air without a respirator or something, you know? <laughs> Dare to dream. <laughs> but, maybe it's possible, I mean like, for, for example, the fact that uh, government relations between the US and Russia were in really dire straits, I don't think people understand just how tense. That relationship was with Obama in office, but now with Trump there, things have calmed down. right? The, the Russian government is openly feeling a lot more okay with expressing a desire to work alongside the United States. Mm-hmm. I would hope that there are enough checks and balances in our government to make sure that Trump really doesn't do something pretty fucking stupid with Russia,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that he's not really going to be allowed to be the kind of puppet that people think he will be with like any kind of relationship with that country but I don't know maybe maybe
0: let me (laughs) let me burst that bubble please I'm so sorry I have to I have to I'm sorry because um, part of part of the reason one of the main reasons Mm -hmm. why we haven't had a world war three yeah. um is because democracies in the past 60 years have decided to not go to war with each other. Yeah. And what we're seeing right now um is a regression of democracy. Um and so you have ple- ple- places like the, you know where Duterte and you got Abe and you got Erdogan and you got Trump and you got I mean in you know Brexit I it, it, these 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 governments these 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 far-right you know corporatist, you know mostly fascist people don't give a fuck about democracy and we're basically at their whims you know um it's 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 terrifying to see to see that um, the trigger finger uh for war is now uh basically trump's finger um, and 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 before there used to be this illusion of like well Congress needs to approve a war and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but God I don't know I just don't know anymore. It just seems like um, you know there was there's less of a checks and balances so to speak to mm-hmm. for 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 sovereign nations to go to war because now you have the egos of a particular leader. Cult of personalities are extremely dangerous. Putin is extremely dangerous because people. It's just you know Kim Jong Un is extremely because people think he's a god you know mm-hmm. what the fuck yeah. this is this is why I will tell you personally I don't want to be famous because I I don't want that shit this is why I hide this podcast away because <laughs> I don't want that shit <laughs> that is so annoying like to to have like you know, people who like it is a burden kiss your ass kiss your ass like that that's it's nonsense horrible. you're just a person you're just a person
2: yeah and, you know and I'm I'm glad that you that you. Framed it that way because I think that, um, you know, th- these are the kind of questions. I mean, like, obviously, <laughs> what I was stating is so much satire, but at the same time, there are a lot of people that have that level of apathy, again, when they're yeah. like, no, it's gonna be fine. Like, it's, it's really not as bad as you think it is. Oh, give him a chance, do yeah. these things. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the folks who are moving in that direction are saying these kinds of things primarily because. They don't have a new vision, right? People need something that they can own, that they can step into. Imagination is something we don't teach in schools. We teach creativity. We don't teach people how to sit. Like, we teach people how how to sit and meditate now in schools, right, like, instead of detention, they're replacing it with meditation. And that's great, clear your mind, get, you know, get peace, fucking fabulous. But what about spending time actually sitting and imagining, Mm -hmm. right? This is, this is where we're really lacking. And if people had that kind of mental capacity to sit and imagine a new future for themselves, a new. Opportunity, a world that they could step into. Imagine how they would be able to. Kind of escape that level of apathy. I, I mean, I talked with some folks who um, I was I was speaking with some Brazilian friends yesterday, actually, um, and you know they were asking as well, like why you know what, what's going on, how why, you know how why do you think the Americans are voting the way they are, you know, and I said well you know we didn't have that great of a voter turnout, I said, but in Brazil, I said you guys have mandatory voting, everybody. Every adult needs to go and vote, and they, they know if you didn't, right? And so he was, they were explaining that even among themselves, a majority of them would just go and cancel out their vote. And I say, why? And they're like, I didn't, I didn't feel that any of the candidates represented me, and I didn't feel that uh, anything you know, that, that, that was there on the ballot was, you know, I didn't care about it. No one said anything I actually wanted to vote for, so I just canceled everything. I'm like, well, okay, but that, that didn't help. Right, Like all that's doing is it's it's the people who do have a vision a really terrifying vision Those are the people that are moving forward, right? Because they have as Horrible and degrading at uh, the the language and the abuses the actions that people take These are the people with vision mm-hmm. and they have the imagination They have that mental power to say I can be anything I want to be even if it's a dictator Mm -hmm. and the people will follow people with strong vision right with with Martin Luther King's I have a dream speech he gave people a vision that they could own that they could step into people saw that and they and it resonated And people fell in line. Not every person, obviously. I mean, but, but it did. It gave people something to move behind, right? And Hmm. I referenced the Occupy movement earlier. There wasn't. It wasn't just about needing a call to action. It's that there was no proposed. Answer to the fact that we are the ninety nine percent, right? We're all fighting amongst ourselves. And it doesn't really matter. So what so how you know and I feel like virtual reality is the way to give people those literal worlds you can step into like talking about the example that you gave that your your proposed solution I think what's great is that if you can develop that in some way where your avatars are connected to an AI so you have an endless number of trial and errors right like all the different possibilities that you could come up with in in this virtual space Simply be out of a curiosity, out of a wanting to imagine something else.
0: Right? Yeah, I think it's time for us to look in the mirror. Okay. Um, and see, and maybe, maybe you, maybe you can challenge me here, um, or, or maybe you can uh, enlighten me because I, 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 perhaps, do you think that the internet and the smartphone um, are partly guilty in killing imagination? Do you think? Do you think we, because all of a sudden people have the cure for boredom in their hands, all you know, imagination thrives on boredom. Yeah. And because now we don't have boredom, it's, it's cured. We you know I yeah. we just don't need it. And maybe that's what's feeding all this apathy that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Maybe the the
2: hyperconnectivity.
0: Yeah, and the and the fact that you know watching. My Little Pony reruns is more important than, you know, the fate of humanity.
2: Or the fact that I've been binge watching Gilmore Girls for like six weeks and you, now. Like and you know what?
0: I don't like... want to make you feel guilty for that. That you should totally feel do that. Like that should no. totally be fine. No,
2: because you know what? The truth is, like I know, I feel so much better if I get out and play and run around on Ocean Beach and climb the rocks mm. and chase birds. I can do that for an afternoon and feel amazing afterward. I could also spend the entire afternoon watching. Netflix and and like moving not a damn muscle and like having my bowl of popcorn And yeah, like I will have felt passive right? I, I, I will have been like uh, It's like it's like a, it's like a digital pacifier It's like I all of a sudden like I am a little numb right I'm, whatever was stressing me out is not stressing me out anymore. I'm not actively thinking about anything mm-hmm. and that's fine, but I don't feel great Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but, but this is biology. Like, we know that, right? We know that exercise and energy are going to get us out there. And they're going to get our endorphins going. Yeah. I think, though with the idea of computers and the phones and being hyper connected to everything, I don't I don't blame the connectivity. Mm-hmm. What I think is is just that these are not natural interfaces. Right? The flat screen displays, the luminous light, all of these things I think are things that like intentionally remove us from our natural atmosphere.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think like there there is a huge bullet that we can dodge with VR and AR in terms of keeping people connected but the ability to develop a much more natural connectivity I think is huge it's dangerous right like but but I think it's not going to disturb our ability to to promote creativity because we we can actually probably engage with our world in a in a much richer fashion
0: yeah to help me understand more what you mean by natural mm-hmm. versus unnatural. You know yeah. what are you know what are the examples of the unnatural that we're currently yeah, under, yeah, yeah. and what are the exa- what are some examples of what, of natural interfaces that could actually uh, be better?
2: Yeah, I you know so I think like just the fact that like. We have the keyboard, right? Like when, when we when we express ourselves as we are now, right? Like we're we're making eye contact, we're gesturing, we're we're sitting here, we're feeding off of each other's energy. Uh, and then if I'm sending you a Facebook chat message, and I'm angrily typing because I can't make italics, I can't do bold, I can't, you know, and all I can do is hit the keyboard really hard if I'm agitated about something that doesn't come through. Right, like we have gifts, and we've got stickers, we've got all these other ways to try and express and now you know, okay, great, they launched the video chat. All that is is because it's more natural for me to see you and express ourselves this way, right? Like just communication alone. The other thing though, I mean like the one the one feature I really enjoy on my phone is actually on Google Maps. And I discovered this in the most natural way possible. It failed me. I ended up in the wrong fucking place, and I was so frustrated, because I couldn't get it to fix itself and find out, you know, drop my pin, like, where Like where the hell am I? And I shook the damn thing out of frustration. After I shook it, a little help pox popped up and said, is something going on with the app like do you need help how can we you know like whatever
0: it's listening to you
2: well they're always listening to me but the response was because I shook it so it was a really violent action wow. right? Like, I mean like the fact that you know you would naturally like shake the crap out of something that you're really mm-hmm. angry at. That's a really violent reaction. Yeah. But they designed that in so that the accelerometer in the phone could sense if you shake it in this way something must be wrong and the help box immediately popped up now that for me was a very natural interface because I would not have had the patience to go through and click through all the menus to try and find the help box I'm like why is my pin saying I'm in the Middle of the, of the bay.
1: Yeah. When
2: clearly I'm not.
0: This is fascinating because we're. I feel like we're going more in the direction of uh, utilizing AI mm-hmm. to predict what we're gonna want before we even think that we want it. Uh
1: huh.
0: I mean that that's basically that's basically what happened. But it, but without the AI, that was probably some engineer that was like, oh, all right, this is gonna happen. Yeah. We might as well code it in. But. I, you know it it seems to me that um you know this the fact that these devices are always listening to you mm-hmm. um and you're getting ads based on it um it, 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 it's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me ask you another question. I mean, it, and this is this is going somewhere. Um, I promise you. I trust it, you. It's gonna it's it's gonna come full circle eventually. But you gotta come along for the ride.
2: Either way, I'm in this boat with you. So <laughs> thank
0: you, thank you. <laughs> uh, brace yourself. It's rough seas. I have a theory, mm-hmm. um, or have a I have an idea about smartphones. Um, and maybe we can use this idea about smartphones and carry it over to AR VR okay uh, here's the idea um, since the inception of the smartphone do you think that the creation of smartphones has had a, an effect on suicide rates in a population oh if it has an effect on a if if, 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 if a population has more suicide rates since the smartphone you know is it because of smartphone or or is or or will or do ha- populations actually decrease suicide rates you know since the inception of smartphones and is that a good metric to decide whether this technology is going in the right direction
2: or not you know wow i don't even know how to start on that i feel like there's so oh, there there are so many metrics that go into considering suicide rates, right? Because it's not just about uh, pe- like people wanting to die, right? Like the thing about suicide that you have to remember is that not only does someone want to die, someone has to be ready to kill as well. Right? Like if you're if you're ready to take your own life, that means you're ready to actually kill yourself, not just die. And I don't know really where the true disorder in suicide rates sits. Because a lot of people, I mean, a lot of folks with depression and apathy and all of these things that might, might possibly move in that direction, that maybe you might be able to connect it to something like cell phones. I think, you know, we all go through those natural cycles of of highs and lows and, and depression. Absolutely, I'm sure everyone at some point will experience some degree of depression in their lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But... I think the real disorder is 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 in that willingness to kill, because if you have experienced extreme depression, right, like you know you don't want to move, you're very stationary. You move slow. You talk slow. Everything is just you lose that motivation, and to suddenly one day wake up with an extreme motivation to just kill yourself. Uh, Maybe that's where the disorder really is, right? And then, and then that's really no longer apathy. That that is a a very determined human being. Mm-hmm. So I I don't even know where to begin to connect uh, the possibility that something like cell phones uh, might be contributing to to suicide rate right? and
0: the culture I, I of surrounding them, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I mean it's all, it's it's one of these it's one of these crazy things that really does deserve so much more study. If we only had four more years with Obama, <laughs> maybe we would have gotten it. But yeah. like uh, because with um, Yeah.
0: Cuz you you've heard stories of I mean, and these—this is—I'll uh, I'll look for the link or the article, but mm-hmm. of, of the like the thirteen-year-old girl that got bullied in school via social media and yeah. messaging, and she cut, killed, ended up killing herself. Yeah. Um, maybe the bullying would have happened regardless without the smartphone, I mean, like, but, but now the tools the, are in your face.
2: But that's the thing. I—I f- I feel like so what you're saying then is not so much the tool or the the existence of the phone, but the fact that it amplifies that kind of behavior. Yeah. To to such an extreme degree, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that amplification could be reviewed. I just... I mean, people have been killing themselves for, for a long, long time.
0: But here's the thing. the uh, Having this conversation is almost mute because there's no way we're going to go back. You know, if we decide, if we find out the research that a million people a year all over the world are killing themselves because smartphones and the culture around them, Tinder and Reddit and shit like that keeps mm-hmm. them depressed and, you know, pro- improperly connected to human beings, mm-hmm. you know, instead of driving them towards people, they're driven away from people. I mean, I I've seen this. I've yeah. seen it, and and so oh, I, I, I wonder, you know, whether we'll sort of decide. Well, we we cars kill a million people every year. We deal with them. So right. maybe we'll just have to deal with the smartphone. But here's the thing: VR, you know, will war. Well, will well will, will, where well
2: where where?
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> where will VR fall on this sort of progression? Like, are we? And maybe, and is this even a good metric, you know?
2: Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I think as long as we, like I said, like this goes back to the echo chambers. It goes back to, to giving people something to stir them up every once in a while. We can't go back to the cave, right? Like we, like if if we're, if we're building VR spaces that, that encapsulate people into like happy little places, you know, like, the, you know, like in Second Life, you can build exactly the life you want, right? You, you can do whatever you want in there, and you are whoever you want in there, and that sounds great uh, to a certain level. But then after a while, it's like, well, how are you? How are you challenging yourself, right? And like, sur- like surrounding yourself, like you said, in like in Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and all these things, you're you're you are building out that life of everything you want to see delivered to you. Right, and that's that's exactly what all the advertisements are capitalizing on, that they're advertising to you directly based on what you want to be seen, and they know what you want to see based on what you talk about, what you're clicking on, what you're looking at, who who you're engaging with. If we're building these happy little utopias for ourselves in these spaces, and really, we're just driving ourselves back into Plato's cave. <laughs>
0: well, uh, what, well, what do you what do you think needs to happen? How do we not? You know, and here's the thing, like, how will we know whether the VR industry is going in the wrong direction? And what can we do about it?
2: Well, I mean, so here's the thing. And this is just a personal pet peeve of mine. Mm -hmm. And it's a necessary evil. I get it. But the people who say, oh, I really want to create these beautiful things in VR. I want to do art in VR. I want to do all this wonderful stuff. But shit, this uh, this auto dealer is paying me thousands of dollars to build out a really awesome experience for, you know, what essentially is a three-minute commercial. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do that because that pays the bills and that will allow me to make my art. Okay, but now you just sound like the New York actor who's, you know, been a waiter their whole lives and they're like, no, 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 I'm just waiting for my big break. You know, mm-hmm. or like the LA comedian who's like down there, just like oh, no, 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 Like I'm an actor, I'm an actor, um, but they haven't taken a gig in forever because they're waitressing and they're Uber drivering and they are running, you know, doing side jobs here and there. And like, okay, at what point are you still an artist? And at what point are you just in the rat race?
0: <sighs> yeah, well, that's. <clears throat> Is that is that a subjective question or do you think we did they, we can make an objective definition for someone who is in the rat race and someone who's a complete like a a true artist?
2: I think we can I think we can yeah, yeah. make a very clear definition on that.
1: Okay.
2: I mean, hell, if 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 you can call yourself a professional of anything, if you're doing you know, first of all, if you're getting paid to do it is one indicator. Another indicator might be like the number of hours and expertise, right? Like are people coming to you for this kind of information and advice on that topic? You know, you might consider yourself a a certain level of professional, right? But if you're not putting anything toward your craft of what you say you want to actually be doing, um, I don't think you can call yourself that anymore.
0: Yeah. The question for me becomes then, um, how do people... Who want to share art um, how do they how do they make money in mm-hmm. VR like what do I what do they need to do to
2: well, I mean this is this is right. this is the age-old question for any artist mm-hmm. right is how do you continue to live your art and you know live mm-hmm. um, it for me you know building out uh, you know business models is fun for me <laughs> it's, it's it's one of the few things i really enjoy to just sit and and look at different ways to destroy other companies uh, by, exactly. by tearing down uh you know their business model and building up something else mm-hmm. right like um uh, the number of uh, this is my like my happy little evil to just sit in my in front of my mirrored uh closet doors and just build out the destruction of other companies based on new technologies that are coming up that can do it better, faster, cheaper, and with a completely new, innovative model. Um, and then I, of course, I never build it. But it's nice, right? It's a nice fantasy role-playing game of just being there, of like. <laughs>
0: In another life, you might have been some Mongolian general, you know, uh, strategizing. I
2: believe
0: that. Think about it. Business is the new warfare.
2: It really is. And and here is the key, right? It's multi-sided value not just how many people are using it right it's not the number of use cases that you can put into anything that you're building it's the number of people in those use cases that are drawing direct value from it so let me let me explain that a please, little bit please please so what what happens is like a lot of people do like okay we're going to you know we're going to start with a market of universities and we're going to sell to universities and universities are going to get the direct benefit from us Great. But what about all the other people around that university that are feeding into the need that that university is trying to fill by purchasing your item, right? Because nothing is isolated. We all live in these interconnected systems where things that, you know, startups are doing are, you know, launching new ways of doing business that then spurred a university professor to start researching that trend and that trend becomes something that's hugely dependent of, of the success of a corporation somewhere <laughs>
0: I just broke my
1: laptop.
2: <laughs> it's fascinating stuff. I know, you know, but but the but the but the research yeah. that university does right is is benefiting the overall productivity or efficiency of a corporation, and what that corporation does then starts to affect, let's just say, like resources in a developing country and how they're sub- doing their supply chain and they're doing all of these things, right? And, everybody's feeding into each other and it doesn't matter what any one person is doing their actions spur off another chain of reactions so how do you deliver a product that is feeding into all of those needs Mm. how do you develop a product that is not just for consumption of one or two entities but is critical to the success of that entire ecosystem of needs that that product's resell value is feeding, right? Why do people reach out for consulting services, right? It's because all those other things are playing around that system. Right. So how, so how can you leverage those consulting services, right? You bring everybody together. You have everybody working together toward that project, toward that product, mm-hmm. right? You collaborate with everybody into that conversation because they all have different perspectives on what needs to get done.
0: So you're saying from the get-go, you sort of have to be thinking uh, about that multi-value system five steps away, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Well, I mean, like, for me, I've, I think uh, with the current situation, let's just say, like, with... Um, with Airbnb in the situation that we have here in San Francisco, mm-hmm. like they are wasting a lot of time and money in legal fees and legal battles, fighting with tenant units, uh, unions, and fighting with um, the city of San Francisco. You know, they've taken on a lot of political billboards all over the city. Um, you know, trying to state their case on how people should be voting. Right. Whereas, and, and the reason why is because they got their start by operating in the gray areas of the law. And a lot of innovation is purely just trying to outrun the law, which admittedly is a really slow starter. But once they latch onto you, because there's a potential for you know, tax revenues, off of the business that you're building, all of a sudden their, their pace increases and their ability to chase after you and adapt the law to make sure that you don't escape them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what we're seeing happening with Airbnb. But if they had integrated the city into, not I don't want to say the beginning of their development process, but into the earlier stages, if they had anticipated, and they did, they're not stupid, you know. Like if they knew, like the, these were going to be things that they would eventually run up against, why not anticipate that and embrace the suck, and go and reach out to the governments and say, "Hey, we get it." You know, they probably could have negotiated some kind of revenue. They probably could have negotiated some kind of structure where everybody got a little piece of that pie. And guess what? All of a sudden, you can boom your business, right?
0: In business, I've seen this mentality play out, wherein um, you do as much damage that you can get away with,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and it's easier. I've heard this multiple times. I've been business people. They'll say um, it's easier to apologize mm-hmm. later on for something that you fucked up with than it is to start thinking proactively about something.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's a weird habit to break, I think.
2: It I mean, but that's true in <laughs> life, not just business, right? Like mm-hmm. the whole concept of asking forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. But what's easy is not always right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I get it. Like I like it's tough you've got so much going on you're trying to build a new business you're trying to just survive you're trying to make payroll like you got to make the tough decisions and sometimes even when the tough decisions come around you go with the easy ones even if they're the most legally ambiguous um, And I do I do understand that but I think that's that's where the movement needs to start changing right it's like yeah it's it's gonna suck a little it's gonna hurt a little in the beginning to to try and reach out and anticipate all of the things that are gonna make uh, you know your life harder in the long run but like why are you gonna make your future self suffer for something that today's self didn't want to deal with right you're not escaping the problem you're delaying it right and so honestly I think that the that multi-sided value approach of reaching across the table to people who have a vested interest into what you're doing not only reduces your risk in the long run. Yeah. I think it also increases your overall value, right? Like it, people don't deny that Airbnb is like it it came at the right time in the right place and now though like other than being able to like they're, they're they, they are distracted from being able to grow and focus in on the kinds of things that they really want to do because they're getting shut down in New York. They're mm-hmm. getting shut down here, right? Like we see all of the people that are resistant to change. And the reason why they're resistant to change is because they're not included in the conversation.
0: Yeah. Help me understand from the lens of a VR entrepreneur. You know what this dilemma would look like as an example. You know, as someone, someone who wants to start a VR business in whatever industry. Like, what what would this dilemma and you know what does what would the approach look like in in that
1: circumstance?
2: Yeah, I think like we can start with a with a hypothetical dilemma of thinking about let's just say people's health right like for years your mother probably slapped you in the head and said move away from the tv yeah don't sit too close yes yeah i know mine did too (laughs) and look where we are now we're strapping (laughs) three inches away from our eyeballs um if that right and and magnifying the shit for god's sake uh you know so so the question comes up then okay Let's just say, for instance, I want to start an education VR company. I love the idea of doing VR for good, I love the idea of education and all this empathy and everything great, we're going to take kids all over the world in VR, but do we know what that's going to do to their psyche? Do we know what that's going to do to their vision development? Do we know how they're going to be able to differentiate, if at all, because we know children can't differentiate between fantasy and reality,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? We don't know these things. But if you barrel through anyway, and you build out this system, and you start convincing people, like, here you go, all you need is the Google Cardboard, oh, everyone's got a phone anyway, just plug them in, just do this, small investments, and oh, okay, great, and they start to integrate it into the learning curriculum. And then parents who have never experienced VR before start to rise up and say, well, wait a second, like, I don't know what my kids are seeing. I hear all these stories talking about mind control in VR. I hear all these stories about, like, the Matrix and, you know, like, uh, like what, what's going to happen to their brains, what's going to happen to their vision. I don't want my kid to become some zombie who's stuck in their VR headset all day. And then they're going to get pressure from the school, and the school's going to say, you know what, like, we're going to need you to be, I don't know. Some level of FDA or HIPAA compliance. Show us that this isn't going to ruin the children in some way. Well, fuck. The re- the only time you're gonna have research for that is probably about ten years down the line when you see what did happen to those kids who sat in those VR headsets. Do you really have ten years as a startup to fight back and struggle to live just to do your social good project of getting these kids touring all over the world? No, you don't. Right. So why not? Participate, right? Like, get the researchers on board from the very beginning. Embrace the possibility, right? That there may be something of concern. Embrace the parents. Train them, too, right? You can't just make the VR experience for the children alone. Train the parents. And you know what? The parents hold the credit card most of the time anyway. If they really like it and they really enjoy it, then they can invest in those resources that they can have their kids learning from home, too. And they'll probably buy more consumption, kind of entertainment, uh, devices. Devices and content in VR for themselves if you Mm -hmm. get them trained up on it Then you get the school involved right make the school part of that learning curriculum so that they don't run away from it Like this is what I'm talking about multi-sided value like if you're gonna barrel through anyway Yeah, just trying to operate in only the gray zones and outrun the law when it comes back to get you because you're suddenly Very popular and you're making a lot of money or you're making a lot of headlines That's that's when you're really in trouble Right. But if you start from the beginning, and yes, it is so tough to get everybody on board, even on the first initial stages, but if you've got their opinions and you're letting their voice be heard, chances are, in those areas of, of discomfort and distrust for them, uh, they're most likely going to back down and trust you anyway. Right. They're most likely because they know that they can still voice their concern and they're still going to have their opinions heard, regardless of of um, you know how you choose to move forward. They know they've got that channel, mm-hmm. and if they have any level of distrust they'll just back away for a bit. I can only assume, right, this is all hypothetical, that they'll sit back and they'll wait. They'll wait for you to prove your point. They'll wait for you to make a move. And then if they really don't like what they see, they'll probably come back and then you need to go back to the drawing board, but together, right? Because otherwise, all those voices that that did not participate from the beginning they're the ones that are going to derail you. They're going to derail your focus moving forward.
0: Yeah, um, it almost it, it almost sounds like you're describing how to run the next political campaign.
2: It was intentional. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm glad you got there. I hope,
0: I hope you're taking notes, Michelle Obama. We're <laughs> counting on you. Um, I I yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I think that's a really uh, interesting way of of looking at, at at that approach. What do you think about something like Google VR coming into people's classrooms? I mean, if if I- at the very least, what I see Google VR um, being sort of a supplement for the lack of um, geography education that kids get in American schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I look at Google VR and I see an opportunity for things like that. You know, um, a, a tool. Uh, for uh, geography uh, uh, you know tools that and, and, and creating tools that sort of copy that model or that design concept into history mm-hmm. and chemistry and physics and and, and things like that I, I don't know what, what that would look like but I but I, I, I see people raving about Google VR and I can't wait for it to be part of a regular thing that kids get experience in school yeah. every day
2: yeah I think um
0: Google Earth VR I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. VR.
2: I I think I yeah, I think I assumed that. But you're right. No, with like Google Earth VR I think it's it's an incredible opportunity for kids to step out side of their own regions. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this is true in rural America, as true as it is in the Middle East, right? Like, children, more than anything, are so impressionable and they... they I'm still impressionable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm 28. I'm as impressionable as fuck.
2: Well, you know, you're doing the right thing. You're putting yourself in a headset, so you're good. Uh, <laughs> no, but I think... You know, because the thing is, it's like, you... you, you right, we all know. We're not born with prejudices uh, people are trained into this right and I think giving the kids the opportunity to escape their own boundaries uh, is huge and yeah I'm, I'm right there with you I can't wait to see how these different tools are, are going to play out but I think that it really needs to be something that is um, not just a passive tool I really do feel that no matter what we do need to find a way for VR to become um, how do I put it? Like we need to be able to develop a lot more in VR a lot faster. Um, because I, I think there's a there's a huge value in kids being able to create their own space and then share that out. Yeah. You know, whether that's digitally or through photographs or whatever. Um, I think it's I think it's great to have the Google Earth VR and you can go and you can experience all those environments, but I think there's a lot more power in sharing out your own thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's um Let's start bringing things down to a close Let me ask you the last couple questions Sure um, What uh, What gives you the most fear For the next five years and w- Oh
2: man the, uh, Most like what What do you mean like most fear
0: Like I'm really legitimately scared That um, it, And I say this to people who are apathetic mm-hmm. About what happened um, I say this to people um, Because I want I and mean, I don't know if I feel right about it either, mm-hmm. but I know deep in my heart that this might happen, even if it's 0.01%. percent. I'm scared shitless of a race war. Oh. Yeah. So so I so I show I told you what I'm scared of. Yeah. What are you scared of?
2: Um. Honestly, I. Yeah. I didn't know how real to go, but
0: well, we're, going, we're going we're going real mean, as as we're going it gets. As
2: real as it gets. Okay. So I'll get very real. Uh. Like for the first. Three nights after the election, I had nightmares, very vivid nightmares, of being in these kind of open work community spaces and having an active shooter come in and just start killing, shooting people down one by one
0: that's terrifying Yeah,
2: and that honestly is what scares me one, it scares me that, that that is even possible that I know it's so possible that my subconscious knows exactly what that experience might look like and feel like mm-hmm. um, I mean, I am an American I've gone to the shooting range multiple times I know how to fire handguns and rifles and shotguns and, and, and whatever so I know what it feels like to, to have a handgun go off right in front of you right and in my dreams it was so vivid I could feel my my body reverberating from the power of the handgun.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? Like this is the level of fear I have that yeah, I think that is my biggest fear, right? And whether it's categorized as a race war or not, I don't know what that person in my dream's motivations were for coming in and shooting the place up. But the fear is one, that it is possible, two, that we don't know how to respond to that. Because in my dream, like everyone just hit the deck.
0: I Meaning you don't know either.
2: No, no, no. I know. Like in an, in an active shooter situation, you are actually much safer in causing a ruckus. Right? Like, if the entire room was to get up, run, run at the shooter, run out, don't stop moving. The worst thing you can do is to stop and lay low, right? Like, you can try and pretend that you're dead and they might lose interest, Mm -hmm. but the point is, it's actually better to create chaos. The probability that they're gonna hit a moving target is quite low. The amount of disorientation that you cause through all the movement itself, people don't expect people to fight back, right?
0: Would but you fight back?
2: I, and that is the big fear, right? I know I have a really intense fight or flight, and usually my reaction is fight.
0: Oh, I'm the opposite. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, but the problem is right. Like the, the disorientation method only works if everyone gets up and fucking runs. Right. If everyone drops down to the ground as they did in my dream and you're the only one who's willing to get up and run, guess what? You just became the only target. Yeah. Uh, and that's terrifying. So I, yeah, I don't know how I would honestly respond in a situation like that. Right. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been held up at gunpoint three different times.
0: Holy shit. And, what? That's crazy <laughs> We live in America I know, but that's never happened to me The, the only yeah. the person that ever held me up at gunpoint was a cop once that's, that's it
2: Yeah, well, yeah, you're a pretty shady looking character
0: I'm a bad hombre, that's why
2: That's why, that's exactly why <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, like uh, I don't even know where I was going
0: anymore Well, that's crazy point- I mean, so you've had these experiences with, with people pointing guns at you And yet you don't have the knee-jerk reaction to put, uh, put a gun in your purse No As well why why do you why why why, why? where does that come why? from why? i'm why? now i'm why? really i'm really really interested i'm really you got me hooked. so much I'm hooked.
2: so much for closing this shit down. seriously we're not uh, going anywhere okay. <laughs> well no okay and i'll tell you why and yeah. uh because i i don't have any solid like self-defense mechanisms or trainings that i can lean on right and so my my thought to it has always been well whatever weapon i carry Is invariably going to become the weapon that gets used against me. Yeah, I can't guarantee that only because. because I have a handgun with me That I will be the one who ends up using it And not that I can get disarmed Which you will, most likely Get disarmed And then the other person uses that against you It's the same concept as like you know, If there's an intruder in the house Yeah, I'll probably like reach for the bat That I have in my closet But knowing full well that if I lose control of that bat It's most likely going to get used against me yeah. But I would much rather Have broken bones and bruises Than the risk of having a gun get turned against me
0: yeah. Um, so I brought up this subject because I also have a solution for this. Okay. And it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Just hear me out. <laughs> um, I've thought this through. Okay. You and I,
1: uh-huh.
0: if you're in, if you're down, if you're interested, um, should start a drone security company. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know.
2: Wait. You we, have to tell me more before see. I agree to
0: anything. <clears throat> Here's the spiel. Here's okay. the spiel. You place 360 cameras uh-huh. in uh, outside your office space or around the office space, wherever you want. You want you, so you have full 360 view everywhere, and and not only that you inject them with machine vision, and you inject them with um, machine hearing, the ones that can hear gunshots or people in distress. Uh huh. And what happens is the ca- the camera sees or hears distress, and it's it, it there's a, a drone on the rooftop okay. that is telerobotically operated by someone in the Philippines or El Salvador. It doesn't matter. Okay. We're trying to save money here. Got to got to export those like American jobs, and then what happens is. And that drone comes up, pops up, and it's, it goes towards the place of distress. Mm-hmm. And it's armed with a uh, high-powered laser that okay. blinds people. Oh God! Uh, we, we're, this is security. We're ta- trying, okay. we're trying to save your life here, right? What? And and. Uh, darts uh-huh. uh, infused with uh, around twelve hundred milligrams of marijuana. So if you get a, a <laughs> shot with this dart, you're gonna chill the fuck out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was a total plot twist. But yeah, go on.
0: So what do you think? What do you think? I,
2: you know, okay. What's
0: I, what shooter? What shooter stands a chance against the drone army here?
2: I I like. Okay. I like the idea of the marijuana dart. <laughs> People really do need to chill the fuck out. And hey, guess what, we legalized it. <laughs> Way to go, California. Seriously. But, uh, whoa, uh, you know, with the drone army, again, I think it just goes back to my whole like, is that really a, a tool that you want used against you? <laughs>
0: Or on your behalf.
2: What? 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 Oh, oh, oh. But when it goes back. It goes back to the same thing I was saying about like why would I not carry a handgun after having been held up at gunpoint three times? Mm-hmm. Um, because I know, still, no matter what, like it's still going to be something that it will invariably get used against me, and it already has, right? So I know what that experience is like already. Hmm. I, don't, I don't. I don't. And that's not something I want to. I don't know. Gosh, a drone army.
0: To keep you safe.
2: Ah. I don't like playing on fear. Ah, I
0: like know, I fear. know, but they I did would, it. I they did it. it. I know it sucks, I but they, they did it. They did it. I, I know it? I'm go- I've stooped to their level. I stooped to their level.
2: I refuse. I refuse.
0: I like please stay the same.
2: Even at the cost of my life, I refuse don't change. to
0: stoop. Don't change for the next four years. I'm gonna <laughs> hold on to you as my rock, like foundation of my morals and altruism for the next four years.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm perfect. Because I'm, yeah, I'm already coming up like, with. Thank you. Because I'm
0: already coming up with the drone army. Yeah, it's already it's already mechanized.
2: come up with a drone army. <laughs> just create like a bionic human who can make like faster decision making powers, right? Oh,
0: like, well, it's a race, can- isn't it? It's a race to get that person, right? Whoever gets first is probably going to become emperor of the world, right?
2: <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just go to Mars. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'll see you there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Erica, what are you excited for the next 4 years? What do you what do you what do you hope for? Oh. Let's end on
2: that. Oh. Mm. <laughs> is it terrible that is so hard um i guess in the next four years i am looking forward to the next election
0: yeah good good i'm looking forward to and i have the plan i have the idea okay uh-huh. Here, we're ready we're set we're going to make marijuana legal in all 50 states and i'll tell you how okay we're gonna start Drone army. <laughs> no that's that's a side job that's a side okay. hobby um we're gonna start So, so you saw HTC's is launching hundreds of arcades in China.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: You know. (laughs) California and America should capitalize on the things that we have. So so sure China, that's cute. You have your arcades. Mm-hmm. How about we have cannabis lounges with VR headsets so that people can come get stoned and try VR all day? People will never leave. Oh people will never God. leave. And so, it'll be so good. Yeah. It'll spread like wildfire. <laughs> arcades with with, with that makes marijuana. Because let me tell you from anecdotal experience. A friend of mine told me. Uh
2: huh. A friend.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, that cannabis edibles, marijuana edibles, make you more immersed. It, they increase presence. Really. Yeah. They really do. Holy shit! Like it's like orders of magnitude. You're just feed, you just let go of all your inhibitions, like screen door effect and latency. All that shit goes out the window, and you're in there.
1: Right.
0: So what I'm saying is this could be the beginning of the matrix. <laughs> also, holy shit, starting with, it all started with little arcades, getting people high, and next thing you know it, it became a whole thing.
2: Well, I, you know, and maybe for, for those, right, about this, creating a vision people can step into, maybe the route for that, for those states that haven't legalized it yet, right, is let's just develop some experiences that tap into those THC receptors. I mean, like, because we're, we're developing all kinds of chemicals in our own brains anyway that are going to allow us to, to feel high and feel super present anyway. So let's just start them off by these VR experiences that release those kind of chemicals just so they can get a taste of it, legally.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and, then, and then that'll be the vision, the, the vision of the future they could step into.
0: I'm hopeful for two things. I'm hopeful that someone will take this idea that I just threw on the internet and will actually start this business in San Francisco and it'll be amazing and I'll be your first customer. Um, but I'm also hopeful that things like Jesus described, VR can become a gateway drug to psychedelics. And on average, people who do psychedelics seem to be more chill. Not everyone, mm-hmm. but on average, they seem to be chill. You know? um, and, and, and it's not that drugs are the answer, but basically, it's the best answer we got. <laughs> It's basically the best thing that we fucking got right now. Give them drugs. Give them all drugs.
2: Or go run outside and play. Get your endorphins up. My God.
0: Oh, all right. All right. So you're going on that. I'm going to give the people drugs and sex. Give them drugs and sex.
2: Okay. Well, sex I can get behind. oh, Oh,
0: even better. Teledildonics. Teledildonics. No.
2: Dude, look at Apple.
0: Look at Apple. Apple is going to go the way of Nokia if they don't start innovating. And I think that their next product should be a teledildonics device yeah really? oh yeah just think about it they re-in- not only will they reinvent themselves but they'll reinvent the teledildonics industry along the way
2: uh, you know
0: it'll what? make VR mainstream
2: hey I mean like Apple is already on yeah. its way to becoming an, uh, a fashion <laughs> Fashion icon kind of company, and I mean we've got good vibrations here in the city, and we've got lots of folks who are developing out uh, you know these kind of uh, pleasure devices that you can wear as jewelry and whatnot. So yeah, I think the market is ripe for Apple to go that direction.
0: I thank you for uh, having your uh, now. Have, now we have your blessing. Thank you, Erica. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts before we bring things to a bring things to a close? Uh
2: no, I mean. For myself, for you, and for everyone that's listening, I would just say, like, (laughs) try to find the optimism. (laughs) Try to find the optimism in the next four years. I know I'm going to be searching for it. It doesn't mean I have to accept everything or, or, or feel like I'm happy all the time. But uh, embrace the optimism with a healthy dose of skepticism.
0: Absolutely. Also, uh, stop masturbating in your apartment and get out there and do something.
2: Get the fuck outside. Don't
0: be like me. Don't do what I did. Please Please don't be like her. No, don't. I got (laughs) Donald Trump elected because of that. (laughs) Erica, it's been a pleasure. How can people stay in touch and follow what you're doing?
2: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at svsocent. That's S-V underscore S-O-C-E-N-T. Um... And uh, yeah, I've got my Medium blog, you can search me, Erica Barraza. Um, Probably the two best ways to to keep in touch.
0: So I think I've conclusively concluded um, that you are a scholar, uh, a lady, and a philosopher of virtual reality. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Thank you, Chris.